Welcome to the Swirl Suite, everybody. So this week on the podcast, it's me, Glennis, and Janelle Rucker, who is Burger and Wines on Instagram. We have a very candid conversation about a recent article that was written by Sadell McCall about the purpose of wine certifications and what we really think about them. But before you dive into this conversation, be sure you are subscribed to the Swirl Suite podcast, like, and be sure to share. And I'm sure you guys will have a lot of comments. Feel free to leave your comments wherever you're listening to this podcast or just post it on Instagram and tag us. Cheers. Welcome to the Swirl Suite. Hey, Glennis. How was your weekend? Hey. Was relaxing. I didn't do anything because um, I'm getting ready to go to South Carolina for the Juneteenth event. Uh, oh, Bison okay. So, yeah, I didn't really do anything. Stayed around the house, wash clothes, that kind of thing. Yeah, same here. Same here. I know with Juneteenth uh, next weekend and Father's Day and stuff. I'm going to be like running around and I'm going to this event at the African-American Museum of Culture for Juneteenth. They are, oh nice! they're releasing a new soul food menu. So, um, so I'm going to check that out this weekend. Yes. I'll let y'all know how it is. The last time I was there, I have to admit the food was good. In their cafeteria? Yep. In their cafe. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Because I got food, right? And this is when I took my niece to see The Little Mermaid. I got my food and I was like, let me get some salt and pepper packets. Oh, because I don't know. I don't know. But I got to my table. I tasted the mac and cheese. I said, oh, well, this doesn't need a thing. I'm impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I haven't been to a cafe since pre-COVID. So it's a couple of years now. And... I was like, y'all really do have a brother or sister back there cooking because the chicken and mac and cheese and greens, it's pretty flavorful. So, yeah, man. so tell us about this um, chef thing. Oh, okay. So I entered a competition online and it's vote based. The winner of this competition, they get a cooking experience with Carla Hall. You get some cash and then you get featured in this magazine. So it's supposed to take where you are to the next level, right? So right now it's the first round. Voting started on Monday. And thank you for your votes. I appreciate you. Um, voting started on Monday. It ends on the 22nd. And the the 20 top contestants move on to the next round. It's like, okay. it's like four rounds. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the winner is not going to be announced until August, so it's it's a process. It's a it's Ooh. a lengthy process. Nice. Okay. Where was I? I was on the train and I was clicking, and it was. I was like, oh, okay, so there's a super vote and a regular vote, and then the train went underground and it stopped yeah. turning. I was like, oh, I'll get back to this if I to really cast a vote and do all that good stuff. So yeah, yes, I'm trying not to. They, they send us a lot of notifications about your placement because they tell you what place you're in okay. as, as the votes are cast. And I'm like, I can't obsess over this. I, I'm not going to look. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I am not going to look. We'll see. Like I said, I'm trying not to like over obsess about it, but it's it's very hard. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, <laughs> fingers, toes and all the good things cross. Yes. Thank to- you very much. Yeah. But Tanisha's been all over the place. Um and she's got a pretty busy June. Where are you headed this summer, Glennis? Well, let's see. Outside of the Juneteenth thing to South Carolina, I'm going to the North Sea Jazz Festival in Rotterdam, Netherlands. Um, That's the first part of July. So that, I'm really excited about that because Gregory Porter is going to be, is part of the lineup and I really wanted to see him. So I'm excited about that. And then what else? That's that's July, August. So if I come somewhere in August, no. October, I'm going to um, Jamaica. But Mm. I don't think. I think the big thing is um, Rotterdam in July, and that's it. Nothing, nothing else outside of that. I might try to hit. Music is a pretty big thing in Amsterdam. Uh, Oh yeah, they have this jazz festival. It's three days. Um, the seventh through the ninth. So on the bookends, I'm going to you know tour 
Amsterdam. I'm going to try to get take the train up to Brussels or Ghent. And um, to, to Rotterdam. So I'm going to try to hit a couple of cities. Hi, sweetheart. How you doing? Hi, good. How are you? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Swirl Suite to Know. How are you today? So happy to be here. This is a, a good way to start winding down the day. It, it is indeed. It is indeed. Are you <laughs> Almost definitely. Uh, Glennis, what are you drinking? And Janelle, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking, you know, my staple. I keep a refrigerator full. Um, oh, that's a good one. Bay Hilaire, um, Cremant, which is actually out of Lemoux, France. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's my staple. That's my staple, staple. First thing I grab. It's a rosé kind of day. Um, very late on rosé day. I guess that was Saturday. Mm -hmm. Was that? National no, it was, it was Saturday, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, from terrain, Washington. isn't it? Isn't it terrain? Terrain. Is that on the front? Yeah, you can yeah, on the front. Yeah. Yep. Very yep. Nice. Terrain. I, I um went to you know I'm in Philadelphia and so we mostly have state stores. Um, so I just wandered around to find the the darkest skin rose I could find. <laughs> <laughs> There actually were some darker ones that actually they were from Pennsylvania too, but I was like, not today. Wait, so why were you looking for a dark rose? So yes, great. Strawberry. It's like whatever. For the darker roses that I've had have just been a little hardier um and a little more complex than kind of the ones I've had from like Provence that are much lighter. I drink them like water. They're good, but they're just very, very light. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I wanted to to taste something today. So I got this one. I can't remember if this is the one that has like Cab Franc and a few other interesting um, bridles in it. I think it is. And so I was like, oh, let me try this. So how is it? It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's, um, it definitely is a, a little fuller body, not full body, but fuller mm -hmm. than yeah. like the ones that I've had from Provence. It's still like strawberries, but it's like ripe fruit. It just feels heavier. And it's yeah, much it's more very pretty. pretty. Yeah, it's really, it's really good. It looks delicious. So I am drinking but rose are all gin rosé. Oh, so I got gin this. rosé. Yeah, wow. I got this about two weeks ago, right? And it is a gin rosé made from grapes. So they add, they use the grape skins and actual wine, rosé wine, to make this in a gin in a gin style. And I've been loving it. It's like, it's really like gin and rosé married. And wow. it's, yeah, it, it drinks like a gin, but sort of like has some of the characteristics of like a Provence rosé. It is delicious. So, so you still get like the juniper and like all the kind of you like- You still get botanicals. Botanicals. Mm -hmm. Yep. But Absolutely. what else do you have in that glass? Oh, okay. So I'm kind of drinking it straight. Well, it's say, not, it's not straight. It's on ice and I added oh, okay. raspberries and um <laughs> and lime juice. I don't have okay. any tonic or anything. So, oh, but yeah, it's very good. Yeah. It's strong, <laughs> but refreshing. Cool. <laughs> I know I'm always got to be the outlier. And I drink. I, matter of fact, I don't even have any rosés in this house right now. I would drink them all. Yeah, That's yeah. All. Same here, actually. Same here. Oh <laughs> <laughs> So Janelle, uh, catch us up. What have you been up to? It's so funny. I have been hibernating. Mm. Um, work has been kicking my ass so um I mean I've still been drinking wine it's still tasting um you know I I moved to Philly last year and I quickly found a wine community here um and so I'm a part of the Hugh Society Philly chapter as well so we've been getting together we had um kind of like a uh observance of the um Shoot, what was it? The Battle of uh, what you call it? That was in June, 
in France where they picked the California wine like back in the 70s. Oh, like the Chateau Montalena. Um... Yes. Janelle's referring to the Judgment of Paris in 1976 where California won a wine tasting based on their Chardonnay and they beat out France. Yeah, so we had a we had a tasting that kind of mimicked that that we blind tasted like French um, wines and California wines. That was a lot of fun. So I've just been kind of practicing my tasting because I need to get better at that. Um, and and yeah, but I've kind of been hiding out from the interwebs uh, <laughs> lately while I've been working, but still drinking and exploring. Excellent. Everybody needs a break. Everybody needs a break. Absolutely. Yeah, have to take care of you so you can take care of others and do other things. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And make more time for wine. I'm ready to get back to it with like the summer after I get through some big events at work. And so ready to get back to creating content and stuff. So I'm, I'm happy to be in conversation about wine with y'all. Yeah. This afternoon. Like it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have, um, I have two articles that I thought were really interesting that came out in this past week, Vine Pair, right? Mm-hmm. So the first one is titled, Did I Waste My Time and Money on Wine Certifications? And it's written by Sadell McCall. So if y'all don't know, Sadell is kind of my cousin, kind of my marriage. He's my husband's cousin. So kind of. Anyway, we just met when he entered the wine industry maybe a few years ago. But he jumped in headfirst and he's been writing and doing all these things in wine. And he so he wrote this article and he pretty much talks about, you know, he wanted to he wanted to get in the wine industry. And of course, he thought he had to have all the certifications just dove in headfirst. And I think he he talks about how he didn't realize how expensive they can be. And also he started to meet people that have no certifications at all, but are, you know, seasoned in the wine industry. And he's like, how is this? What is this? How come nobody really talks about this? So I would love to have your input on, do you need the certification? What do you think? I really feel like it depends. So what I appreciate about this article, and Sadell is also um, the editor, one of the editors over at Uncorked and Cultured. And so um, I relate to him him in the the writing sense and it's something I struggled with too like I want to be a wine writer I know that I want to be very informed not a wine content creator not a wine influencer but a wine writer and so and I feel like Sedale is the same way and so yeah you feel like let me go get this formal education um I also did my uh, WSET level two shout out to Capital Wine School in DC I got a scholarship so I didn't have to pay for it. And that probably, uh, that took away a barrier for me that I was really debating back and forth. Like, am I about to pay for this? Cause that's where I am with level three. Like, am I going to pay for this or am I not going to do it? Um, I think it depends on what it is you're trying to do in the industry. However, I will say, um, I know a woman who works at a distributor, brilliant, brilliant, like, all the wine knowledge has traveled and done all of that stuff is getting ready to like take her WSET things. She's been in the industry for a while, so she doesn't have it. She knows more than me. Absolutely. From working around it every day Mm -hmm. and like having more of a hands-on experience to learning. So yeah, she was helping me figure out. Why does she think she needs it at this point? You know what? I haven't asked her, but I wonder if it is something about a lot of people are are getting it now. And it's very similar to like a college degree, right? Like we were all told we needed to go to school. We needed a college degree. Um, And there are some people who got like a degree in like basket weaving to go get a job, like, you know, just as a GS seven in the government or something, but it's just about having that piece of paper (laughs) and saying that you went through the thing. I'm going to ask her because I, I I wonder like if that's what she's not in a rush. She's not like in a rush to get it, (laughs) but she, she mentioned when I saw her, she was like, yeah, you know, I got to sit down and actually like take the test and like, whatever. But I think I think it depends if what what it is that you're trying to do and how knowledgeable you need to be. 
I agree with um, you on that. It depends on the individual. But what I also think um, the courses and certifications, well, WSET in particular um, does, is organizes your thoughts um, around the systematic approach to tasting and experiencing wine. Uh, for some individuals, I think hands-on learning is the way they learn. Others is they need the practical with the education. So I think it, it has its benefits on both sides, especially so, when it came to WSET 3, for me anyway. And you took your your WSET 3 in Europe, right, Glennis? I'm uh -huh. sure that was very and, different. Oh, wow. And yeah, because I took the intense course because I finished directly. I finished with the WSET 2 it, that February and um, message Matthew Stubbs, who's a master of wine. And I'm like, hey, I see you have a WSET intense version. What's that all about? He sent me the information. And at the time, I don't think he's doing the intense version anymore. Because at the time, they would send you the books. You do your studying at home. You go on site for, was I there 10 days? Because it, no, it was, it was about 10 days. Because it's a week of intense on-site tasting and writing and him teaching and then doing the tests at the end. So I was I, I was in in and out of France about in about 10 days. So that's what the course was about. So yeah. did you pay for that? Oh go ahead. Oh yeah, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I looked at it as a vacation. You know, where else yeah. could I go okay. and have a chance to go to the small town? That's how I fell in love with Lamu and say Helene. It was a small town. I always screwed up. I always tell the French, don't be mad at me. I am not French, as you can tell. And I might mispronounce this, but my heart's in the right place. It's a small town called Brugel, which is uh, right outside of Lamu. And he turned to this old winery. It's, it's not an old winery, an old mail stop where they used to where they used to do mail through these country towns in France by horse and buggy carriage so they, he turned that into the wine school and then right on the same property because he partnered with a um, winery and there's a work uh, a working winery on the property as well so we got some intense um education and training going through the through, through the winery with the winemaker. So yeah. It was a vacation and a learning experience and certification. You gotta kinda do it like that. I I I you know get get the biggest bang for your buck. <laughs> that sounds like the way to do it. It it really does. I'm in the middle. I um I was working in wine well before I had um a certification, but the more, um, mm, the more seasons I got into the industry, I didn't, I didn't see us. I didn't see people who look like us. And I felt like I needed something for people to take me serious. So that's why I got the certification. After I got it, I was like, I don't want to do this no more. Um, it's not even how I learned Glennis, like you just mentioned. Um, I learned by being hands-on feet on the ground, that kind of thing. So it was like, okay. I'm able to learn stuff and I can take a test, but that's not how I absorb inf information. So mm -hmm. I didn't go back for, mm -hmm. for three or diploma or anything like that. I like the master classes that I can attend in DC. Well, it'll be like Portugal wines or Spanish wines. And I like mm -hmm. that version. So that version of learning. And I don't know, that's just, that's just where I am. Yeah. Well, with wine, you definitely got to be able to taste it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you got you have to be able to put your hands on it you can read all you want to all day that's not gonna make you yeah. recognize damn current in a glass <laughs> of red wine if you've never tasted a damn current yeah black 
or red. So you, yeah. So to so oh, were you going to say something, Janelle? I was just going to ask you all your fit. So I know WSET, that's a common one that everyone does, but I know you can also do like, what is it? Wine Scholar Guild or something like that. So you can do like Spanish Wine Scholar, Italian yeah. Wine Scholar. Champagne like, Scholar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are different ones that you can do to do your fit. Are your feelings different when it comes to maybe one of those that is very focused on maybe like a region or a style? No, I think um, for me, if I were to take another class, it would be one of those. Mm -hmm. So you can narrow the focus. Um, there's also CSW. And um, certified wines. Yeah, did I say CS CWS certified specialist in wine? So it is CSW. Woohoo! Brain, wake up. Um, so the it, it's that you know you have that, and then there's another one. Um, you just gotta figure out what what you wanna do. So um, to follow up on that article that Sadell wrote, I listened to the Vine Pair podcast that was thirty minutes, and they broke down their opinions about wine certifications now oh, okay. now these folks are non-black okay so these are some of the notes that i got and some of the questions that they asked do certs matter what direction are you going into fine dining the service side you may need a certification but they care more about your experience in michelin star restaurants the type of restaurants who you work under they care more about that than the actual certifications at the end of the day, wine certifications is a business. They need to make money off of people. Think about that. Okay. And so, so one guy on the podcast compared it to journalism, where you can have a bachelor's, but they lean on more of your experiences. And can you write? Everybody that doesn't have that has a degree doesn't necessarily know how to write. Um, okay. The person who cares about wine certs usually is the one who has them and is doing the hiring. That's not everyone, you know, that's not everywhere. And then they went back to writing a uh, wine certification does not make you a good writer. One guy who um, works for Vine Pair, who was on the podcast, he was like, I could give a fuck if you have a wine certification. I don't care. Can you write? We can show you some things about wine, but if you're not a good writer, then yeah, compensation isn't a balance for the wine certifications. So once you get all of these certs and pay all of this money, you aren't necessarily going to get the job that will balance that out. Never thought about that. It's unclear what the credibility will get you. Certs can perpetuate that wine is elitist. These certifications were created to validate a certain type of professional. Last two things, spirits don't necessarily have this a lot easier to move up in spirits also wine is very similar to the culinary world but experience is going to rain any thoughts i have so many thoughts <laughs> i know because um, i should have been <laughs> right now especially on, especially the comment uh about wine certifications being elitist i don't think that's the case for the certifications that are the entry-level certification how the hell is that elitist mm. what i think he was saying without saying it is, is if you are a master so am i saying right you know master of wine or master samaya that becomes elitist because mm. i do believe people look it i don't know if the certification itself is quote unquote elitist. i think this is how people start to look at it it's like, oh my God, you're a master of um, you're a master of wine. So I think that's where the elitist part comes in for that that one segment or one comment that that gentleman made. That's my two cents about that. And the elitism thing is is interesting because I uh, I've never gone to like look for the data. I feel like since 2020 and the whole George Floyd situation, when the whole corporate social responsibility thing turned to DEI that and everybody was like we need to diversify the wine industry whatever and it felt like the things that they were offering us was access to certs right that's how i got my certification it was it was as a result of that or whatever that's how i got my scholarship so it was like 
it wasn't as much really doing the hard work of like, how do we get more people to work in these spaces and interested in these spaces? It was, okay, well, like, let's get more people to trickle through the structure that the industry has set up or this kind of qualifying thing the industry has set up. And then we can maybe start thinking about how to truly integrate in like whatever. Um, because that's that seems to be the answer with all the scholarships. I am seeing more like mentorships for like some of these other ones too, but it's mostly like, yes, and we will pay for you to get your certification no matter what level that is. And so I feel like there's been an increase. I would love to know WSET, the increase in A, how many people have gotten it since 2020. And I, I don't think they collect like demographic data, but like how many of them are people of color compared to before that, that got their certification. Um, but I agree because now that we're, now that we are more present and want to take more of a role in the industry, I think our first thing is like to knock all those things down, right? And to really get people to understand wine or engage with wine the way that we want to, you don't need a certification. It's really based on not just like your experience, but also like your lived experience. So, you know, we didn't grow up with wine dinners. Like there wasn't wine on my family's dinner table. Like, how am I going into a grocery store? Cause that's where I think I'm gonna go get wine from. How do like I go do that? None of that stuff truly requires a certification unless it's someone getting the certification with the intent to break the rules, right? It's like you, you learn all the rules so that you can break them. Um, I don't see that really happening with us though. It's like we're kind of getting our certs and then kind of falling in line and going along like with whatever is like has already been set up for us. That's an interesting um, perspective because what came to mind when we started talking about that is the point of ways of quantifying your spending. And I'm talking about the people who are offering scholarships. And I'm taking this to a little uh, spin. Giving a scholarship is a way of quantifying their dollars of spending that they can then write off on their taxes. It's not, <laughs> it's not a free stem. They y'all ain't doing anything extra for us people. You know, we appreciate it. However, you're getting something for it versus what you said, Janelle. Are you bringing the folks who got the certs into the fold? to get the hands-on experience at these big wineries or these big champagne houses, where are we? Right, right. Diversifying the industry doesn't mean certifying people of color. Like that's not, that's not what diversification of the industry is. Um, it's a performative one. Um, and so you can say to your point, like, yeah, I did something. I made sure that Janelle was able to get her WSET too. Okay. But what about now Janelle wants to go write for wine enthusiast? Are you going to take my pitch? If I'm pitching you a black winemaker or some perspective that's truly different, that would really be what is diversifying like wine media not just given the scholarship. So, but it's just so nuts though, because on the other hand, oh, I'm so glad I could talk to somebody about this because it drove me nuts. It was a few months ago, there's a big winery that was doing a series on LinkedIn of like working wine type things, right? And so you could come and like talk to the people that work at the winery and whatever. And I went to the marketing one because my background is in, my my full time is in marketing. So I'm like, huh, like, let me go see what, you know, what's happening. I was already kind of, because the whole panel was, it, it was all white women. And so I was like, okay, like, let's go see what this is. When I tell you that, and this is a, this is a very large winery that really could make an impact on their hiring and diversifying. No, almost none of those women 
had any cert when they got hired. The winery paid for some of them to get a cert. One lady was like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't have anything, but you know, I know that I can, you know, basically they'll pay for me or like, I can go get one, whatever. But I'm like, you're working for like one of these big wineries doing marketing and you don't have a basic background on the product that you're making. It, it, because, and I'm not saying that I'm assuming because she didn't have it, that she didn't have the background. Like as she spoke, it's like, she was a marketer coming with marketing knowledge and then would maybe pick up the wine pieces like as she went. So it's like, on one hand for us, it's like, well, what do you know? What search do you have? Like wherever you, whatever. But if this was a whole team of people that didn't really have the experience when they got hired, but they were able to access this space and then grow from there. And I just thought that that was so interesting and eye-opening to me. And it may, it's almost turned me into an elitist, right? Because I'm sitting there typing in questions in the chat. Well, you know, what do you know then? Like, you're doing this. So like, you are you saying this doesn't matter? So I'm also looking at them like, ma'am, you don't even, you know, know. So it's, it's such a thin line and it's so interesting to explore, especially when we talk about search for different demographics, because it is different. It, the, the certification does different things for different groups of people. So you know? let's... <laughs> So let's just keep it real. Historically, that's been the case for people of color, period. As soon as we all, first of all, you wouldn't allow us to read. Then we learn how to read. Then you didn't want us in school. Then we went to school and you didn't want us to graduate, but we needed a high school diploma. Then we started getting the high school diplomas and then we couldn't get into your school. So then you changed that. We created our own school. Then we started, oh, now you don't only need a high school diploma to get this job. You need a BS. Now all y'all got too many bachelors of sciences or BAs. Now you need a master's. Oh no, now you're going to need a doctor. They've been doing this to people of color and moving the needle since we got the free cruise with the jewelry. Not the free. <laughs> not the free cruise. Well, that's why. I'm sorry. It, it, it's, it, it's amazing how just your example, Janelle, is classic. Oh, I'll give you the chance without any certification. But if I come in, Oh, what you, who you know, what you know, not who you know to an extent, but what you know, and can you document mm -hmm. based on yeah. what you said you know by the papers in your arsenal? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, like to be fully transparent, I, but this is probably something that's conditioned in me to go to this point of just growing up and like, you know, we gotta we gotta show the work, we gotta show the paperwork. But I'm actually pro cert mm -hmm. if you want it and if it's going to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. If you are lucky enough to be able to work with a winemaker and go through three harvest seasons and three vintages and learn that way and not have to spend the money but still get the experience, yeah, that should be considered. That that yeah. is a, a thing. Just because going through a cert is a structure that works for me and my mm -hmm. schedule and my life, I don't think that that should be put on everybody. Yeah, for sure. I um for for the Roots Fund, I was paired with one of their newest mentees who got a scholarship to study abroad in Burgundy. It's called the Burgundy of Wine, and she's going to come out with a master's degree. Now, this is girl, this girl's a Howard graduate. Okay. Um, we had our first wine tutoring session a few weeks ago. And, you know, just in talking to her, I had hope. I had a lot of hope. I don't know what she's going to do with her her master's in Burgundy. Her and another um young lady who just graduated from college. They're going to Burgundy together in August, but they're going to study wine and Lord knows what they're going to do with it, but I'm excited to find out. So it's in this situation, it's like, okay, I get it. Oh, so my point was they are getting cram course of the W set. So they have tutors teaching them. They have two tutors each teaching them the wine knowledge and they have two tasting tutors. I'm one of the tasting tutors. So we meet once a week and just, I'm just showing them how to taste wine. 
I'm just showing that I'm going through the motions and then I've got the tasting, you know, grid up so she can recognize things. But I, th I think it's a fantastic opportunity for someone just coming out of college. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. Those type of experiences, that type of education. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. more of those. And I know the Roots Fund is good about those type of immersive experiences. Mm -hmm. um, so they, I think they've got folks like in Lodi and stuff like that. Yes. It's not just about getting your cert. It's about getting hands-on experiences and mm -hmm. making the connections because diversity, <laughs> diversifying the industry is not just going to happen through cert. Yeah. It's giving people access to spaces and people that are going to yeah. help them continue to grow. Oh, most definitely. And you said something else that triggered something in my mind when you mentioned three harvest seasons and three bottling, things of that nature. You have generations of people who have owned the land, mm. that grow the grapes, generationally they've gone through if it's the father the father the grandfather and they've grown up with it so they have the immersive hands-on experience yep. because they own we're just starting yeah to be able to own land but is it in france maybe one or two mm -hmm. but when you're talking centuries of ownership and growing up with hands-on experience no, hell no, they yeah. don't need no damn certification. Yeah. They got Chateau sitting on the best aspect in Burgundy or Lodi or, I mean, yeah. or the Loire. Yeah. I mean, so the real question, we've been sitting here talking like all this shit though, but is anybody <laughs> else getting any certification? I mean, because I am, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 trying to debate between WSET. <laughs> and I want to do like um Spanish wine scholar or something like that. I'm oh, so oh, I I didn't I don't even think we even asked you. So, what is your purpose of getting your your next certs? Me? Mm -hmm. You? Um, I still feel like there's a lot for me to know to be able to write well and tell the stories that I want to tell about wine. Gotcha. I I still feel like there's a foundation of knowledge that. I need to grow to be able to do that well. That is all on me. It's not because I think if I get a cert, then I'll be able to write wine articles for, you know, the paper in San Francisco or for one of the wine publications. It's not that. It's honestly like I want to write good stuff and inform things. And when I interview winemakers or collectors or whatever, I want to be able to have intelligent conversations with them and get what I need to be able to craft a story. Mm. And so for that, there's still more learning that I know that I need to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why I want to get it. And gotcha. I, I don't know that, I think I'm going to do like one more and then that will probably be it. And then I'll lean much more on experiences than courses and so or. I won't even say courses because there are some courses that you can do online or go do like whatever, mm -hmm. but I'll, I'll rely more on those type of things than certifications. Gotcha. Y'all are done with certs awesome. though? It's just me. Oh, I just, whew, maybe when I retire, because mm -hmm. I'm yeah. just, because my job, I'm just so burnt out. I don't want to write or read anything Yeah. after yeah. I leave work because that's what I do for a living. Yeah. It's yeah. just like. Oh my God, y'all want me to be something else? No, yeah. I want mindless TV. Yeah. What's that reality show coming on? Okay, that's what I'm going to watch. Because yeah. from 7 to 4.30 is like on, yeah. you know. Uh, but I would like to do, I would do a champagne scholar. <laughs> the only way I would do another cert if it's an immersion one. So if it's like, like you said, Glennis, if it's like, I study here for a few weeks and then I go to the place and then study there for the next two weeks. If it's a combination of that, that's the only way I do it again. <laughs> but that's a good talk. I love that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Looking for somewhere to advertise? Consider the Swirl Suite podcast. Yep, right here. The Swirl Suite is now open for pre-roll advertisements, mid-roll advertisements, or post-roll advertisements. 
Some of our packages even include a social media shout out. If you're interested in sponsoring one episode or perhaps more, simply email us at swirlsweet at gmail.com. Cheers. So we got some fun closeout questions. Okay, here we go. And they're just this or that, except the last one. Okay, France or Italy? Italy. I'm gonna just go with France, and I'm I, and I. It's the south of France, and a small, it's the small little wine areas like you know Bonn that are just coming into their own. So, um, I'm just gonna pick Italy because I've never been there before. So, no real reason, just never been. Uh, juice or smoothie? Smoothie. Why are you giggling, Glennis? Because you know, say, do I have to make it? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're gonna talk about me. If uh, I got to make it, I'm gonna just juice. <laughs> Is somebody else gonna make the smoothie? <laughs> so I know that's why. I'm okay, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, smoothie for me. Smoothie for me. Okay, mm. taco or burrito? Taco. Soft shell, not the hard shell. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, taco. What do they call it? It's feels so ignorant that we. I think it's called like Mexican style here, but the specifically the ones that just have the cilantro and the onions. Okay. Pupusa? No, that's that's no. the that's fat good. one. That's that's yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. But yeah, taco. I, burritos got too much going on. Okay, I agree. I'm taco too. Uh, Instagram or Twitter. Instagram. Ain't nobody fooling with <laughs> I mean, Mark is not better, but we definitely we not fooling with, with Twitter. I don't know. I'm gonna go Real- with Instagram just because I can't stand um Tesla man. Tesla man. That's true. But real I mean, those conversations still happen. Like the black conversations still happen on Twitter. That's why I'm there. That's the only reason why I'm there. Interesting. Um, English muffin or bagel? Oh, bagel, most definitely in New York style. Mm. Why are you laughing, Janelle? Because I'm gonna say English muffin. So I love an English muffin with just like toasted with some butter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Why you laugh? That sounds delicious to me. Okay. Because I honestly. Until now, you, I don't know. My mom might eat them. I don't really know anybody oh, else that eats Because older people like English muffins. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My friend just said that the other day. She was like, I am an old woman. I like English muffins toasted <laughs> with butter. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. Yeah. English muffin for me. They're I good at the Hampton Inn. That's what they have English. Yes. Oh, do yeah. they? Yeah, they always have English muffins on those buffets. And that's when I eat them. It's not that I go out and buy Thomas and his mother and eat them at home. Yeah. Oh, I did. Now, if I'm in Jersey or New York, I'm getting a bagel, cream cheese, money. Yes. I'm a sucker for a bagel too, though. But English muffin. Okay. Ramen or pho? Ramen. Okay. So now here we go. <laughs> we talking about the ramen noodles that are 10, for, uh, 10 packs no, for a dollar. No, uh, no, real ramen. Are you talking the uh, real ramen? I don't know the damn difference. Mm. You don't know the difference between what? Their noodles Ramen are different. And pho. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um pho is a little cleaner. Their noodles are white and a little bit thicker. And um and they the broth is lighter. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so pho. Because I like the light yeah. broth. And they put and mint and jalapenos and sprouts and I it's fresh. Pho. It's fresh. Um ramen, ramen is rich to me. Um mm-hmm. yeah. I like I like both. I really okay. can't choose. Oh. Fo, because I like. there's a spot right around the corner for my job. Yeah, and I go I like both. and get the phone. I like both. Okay, call or text. Text. Yeah. Don't call me. <laughs> Don't call me. Depends on the conversation because I'm not texting a whole lot of stuff when I gotta. It depends on the conversation. You so. put a voice note in the text message. <laughs> 
Um, I rather I'm calling my mom because I want to hear. Okay. Well, you gotta call your mom. Yeah, you gotta call your elders. Sure. Yeah. Well, hell, I am an elder. What are you talking about? (laughs) Stop, Glennis. Oh my God. Um, for me, okay. So me and my homegirls, we use Marco Polo. Y'all know what Marco Polo is? Uh-uh. So just think of a video chat, but it's not constant. So it's a video message. You're constantly sending video messages, right? So if I have to tell my homegirl something, I will send her a text like, hey, check your Marco Polo. I sent you a message. So uh-huh. that is what I do. So is that a whole, is that a whole different type of, platform yeah Apple. it's a different app mm-hmm. yeah i can show you what it looks like real quick i won't play nothing because nothing is appropriate but <laughs> okay so this it'll be like all messages all video messages oh yeah wow so they're just yeah and it, you can do groups so one of my groups is like five different girls so it's very entertaining it's almost like talking without talking Right, 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 right. That's what wow. I do. Um, a sweet potato or yucca fries? Are you saying sweet potato fries or yucca fries? Yeah, sweet, sweet potato, potato fries or yucca fries. I guess I'm going to have to go with sweet potato because I'm a sweet potato girl. I love all sweet potatoes. Any type of sweet potato. Agreed. I'm very picky about yucca anything. True. Sweet potato always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easy. I'm going to go with yucca. I've never had a bet yucca fry. Not gonna work, but um, I know it, it. It looks like it can be dry, um, if you don't cook it right. But I love yucca fries, really do. Okay, would you rather do the laundry or do the dishes? Laundry. Mm. I can't stand dishes. <laughs> Glenn is so stressed out. Well, I'm so bad for that copy. <laughs> I would be on paper plates every day. <laughs> I'm not the economy. I'm sorry. The environment. <laughs> Dark skin rosé got me talking. <laughs> <laughs> if you say dark skin rosé, I love it. <laughs> you know what? That's the name of this episode. Dark skin rosé. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm going in the next wine store. I was like, do you know a rocker? Do you have the dark skin rosé? Because she recommends a dark. Um, I am going to say I would rather do the dishes because once I eat off a plate because I don't use plastics like that once I eat off a plate I wash it I rinse it and put it in the dishwasher Mm. so I hate doing laundry it's just like oh my god Um, run up and down the steps yeah um it's it's the same for me um I hate doing laundry it's so it's like it never ends and then once you wash everything and dry everything you have to fold everything doing the dish I can do the I can clean the kitchen an hour and a half I feel like you do laundry for hours like half your day so I'm yeah I'm gonna do the dishes but you can just do it and then like walk away the house be smelling all good like detergent and like the dryers Mm, yeah while I'm doing other stuff Mm. The dishes, even I'm the same. I'll just rinse it, put it right in the dishwasher. But then, like, me and my boyfriend are like, well, who's going to start the dishwasher? Is it full now? Should we wait? <laughs> then I wake up this morning, I need a coffee mug, but it's in the dishwasher. Like, I just, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, last question. If you were on a, if you were on a reality TV show, and you could only sip one producer while you're on this show. What producer would you sip? And this is like a series, so it's going to be a lot. They're following you around for, I don't know, a month. What producer are you sipping? Doesn't have to be the same wine, but one producer. Mine's going to be Turley. Hmm. Let's see Turley or Jordan, because Jordan's going to bring in uh, A.R. A. Lenoble champagne. So I'm go with Jordan. I can get the champagne on that one. So, I can tell you more which ones it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> that looks long. 
<laughs> I would, and I would just have to do more research. Mm. So maybe this can't be my answer. I would want to find some small producer in Champagne mm. that like I love, but I don't. I haven't discovered that yet, so I don't know. So I will say, if if this show happened tomorrow and they were like, "Give us your order for mm-hmm. what you're going to be drinking all season," it probably would be brown. Yeah, because I feel like damn, you gonna drink heavy reds the whole time, right? You gonna drink heavy reds the whole time? No, so that's what I was saying. As long as when I say brown, I mean all of it. I mean brown estate, and I also mean House of Brown, right? So I could the House of Brown Chardonnay and the rose. The rose is delicious. Their Sauvignon Blanc is good too. Oh, I've never had that. I had it at there. This was years ago at their um Mm. wine. I don't know if they're still making it anymore. Yeah. So I feel like I can have options. I, mm. It definitely, because I would definitely want to go like black owned. I would want yeah. like to be on there, like promoting black owned. It, it probably would be brown because I haven't had one of theirs yet that I did mm. not enjoy. And that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm going back and forth. Um, It's in between Andre Mack and, and Phil Long. I want to go with Phil Long because he does make bubbles and he makes everything pretty much, but he does make a wide variety. So if I'm drinking like one producer for like a month, then I would have Mm -hmm. a variety of stuff. I also like Andre Max. It's pretty much everything. I like all of his stuff. He just doesn't make bubbles. So, you know what? We'll go with Andre Mack. I'll drink bubbles on my own time. I love. We should be able to bring in different producers. That's not fair. I know. Trying to make this hard, right? Oh, right. because I would have said because you know that Sherilyn is a beautiful bubbles. I could drink bubbles all mm. day, every day. Yeah. Well, this was awesome, ladies. Thank you so much. This is great. Yes. What fun! This was so much fun. Yes, what? Janelle. Tell everybody where they can follow you. Um, you can find me at Burger and Wines on Instagram. I deleted my Twitter account, so you will not find me there. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, there over the summer, some cool stuff is going to be coming out, some cool projects I'll be working on, and some more writing. So find me there. And then burgerandwines.com is the website and the newsletter. Awesome. Well, that is a wrap. I have to get ready to go to work tomorrow. Great. Thanks for joining the Swirl Suite. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave us five stars, and leave us a comment. We love ratings. Also, be sure to follow all of us on social media. Myself at Vine Me Up, Glennis at Vino Noir, Girl Meets Glass is Tanisha, Vino301 is Leslie, and you can follow the Swirl Suite podcast account at Swirl Suite. The Swirl Suite is now a part of the Alive Podcast Network. This episode has been edited and produced by Vime Up Media.